Hi, welcome to Adulthood Pending Podcast. I'm Kimmy. And I'm Annalise. We're a podcast for college students, recent graduates, or anyone else who's also figuring out that being an adult isn't as simple as it's made out to be. Join us each episode as we share how we're navigating our careers, postgrad lives, and the whole adulting experience. guest with us, Chloe Cho. Chloe Cho is a SoCal local software engineer and content creator. As founder of Off Our Hustle, Chloe shares personal finance tips on Instagram and her blog, along with advice on starting a side hustle. From blogging to representing various brands such as Amazon and Coca-Cola, to creating your own marketplace with WooCommerce, Chloe has done it all. She loves to help others make some extra bag, so today Chloe is joining us to talk about that. We'll be learning a lot from her on what it's like to start a side hustle, how to balance side hustles with work, and how to maintain them. So with that, welcome, Chloe. Hi, thank you so much for having me on this podcast today. So excited to be here. Excited to have you. Yeah, I think something, um, so we don't know Chloe too well, but I think just commenting on her side hustle spirit, she, she reached out to us asking if she could join us on this episode, which I just think just really represents what she's going to be speaking to us about today. So, Chloe, if you wouldn't mind telling our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your side hustle. Yeah, of course. So, I'm Chloe. Yes, I am from SoCal. But um, I've dabbled in a lot of different side hustles ever since I was probably in around seventh grade. So, my dad has a tutoring business for himself. So, he would send me some tutoring clients and I would tutor uh, maybe elementary students multiplication tables when I was in seventh grade. So, that was my first side hustle. And then I would just... I don't know. I just loved earning money. So um, all throughout <laughs> high school, all throughout high school, I like dabbled in a different side hustles. And then I applied for a ton of scholarships, like merit-based scholarships, just because I loved mm-hmm. earning money for free. <laughs> and after that, um, yeah, I just guess I love serial side hustling. So I made a blog about it off our hustle and it just details all my side hustles that I do and how I like earn more money. And it's it's great to do because honestly, after the pandemic started, um, a lot more people started getting into it. And getting into mm-hmm. doing side hustles. So I think it's a good thing for um, people who are starting their adulthood life to start looking into. Mm-hmm. On the note of adulthood, so our podcast being adulthood pending, we like to talk to different guests and hear where they are in their adulthood journey. Where are you in your adulthood journey? So in my adulthood journey, um, I've started my full-time job for about three years now. So I have like a decent amount of money saved up. I don't have any loans fortunately <laughs> but um yeah <laughs> yeah so that's the great part about um mm-hmm. yeah not having loans is great just because you don't have to pay any bills that are uh, mm-hmm. really big but other than that I guess um I'm looking to buy my first house within the next one or two years Ooh, yeah wow. so that's a big next step in my adulthood life wow that's awesome yeah that's yeah, I heard it's like really hard. real estate is like the way to go, but the market right now is just very tough because yeah. everyone's trying to buy. Especially in Southern California, it's so expensive yeah. and it just keeps getting more expensive. So I'm like, do I pull the trigger now or do I pull the trigger next year? I don't know. Wait a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to predict. Yeah. <laughs> so our fun question then, what's a side hustle that you haven't yet pursued, but you're interested in? Uh, I guess that probably goes back to like purchasing my first real estate home. So I do want to mm. get into rentals. Um, mm-hmm. long-term rentals and just uh, getting income from 
uh, different rental properties. So um, I mm-hmm. want to invest out of state just because California is a little bit expensive. So I was looking into like Austin, Cincinnati, just mm-hmm. like a little bit more up and coming areas that aren't too expensive yet. But um, right. that's definitely something that I want to get into after I buy my first own personal property. But I think my personal property will probably be the most expensive just because it's yeah. in California. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's awesome. I'm like, real estate seems cool, but (laughs) that's definitely very much next, next level for me. Um, A side hustle for me, I feel like it would eventually be cool to monetize our podcast. Like that's something we've chosen very actively (laughs) not to do. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think in the future, that could be something worth looking into. Yeah. Why did you guys choose not to monetize your podcast? Yeah, so... This may be incorrect. This is just based on my observations and personal experience. But a lot of people that say that they have sponsors really don't have that many sponsors. <laughs> they like use Anchor, um, which I believe gives $20 back to you anytime you mention them, um, mm-hmm. like per podcast. But that really only means that you only get $20. And we didn't really want to have ads in our podcast, at least like for Anchor in the very beginning. Um, and we also learned that Anchor doesn't necessarily, like, yes, they're a tool that you can use, but from our observations, I listened to a ton of podcasts. It didn't seem like a lot of the small podcasts I listened to got a lot of sponsorships using Anchor. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's the immediate route that people take to monetization. So that's yeah, I've definitely heard that Anchor ad a ton of times. On exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's only $20. We're like, we yeah. can afford skipping that. Yeah. And I think like for us, like the podcast is something small and like yeah. we we do it like every other week. So it's not that frequent and mm-hmm. it's just something for fun that it's not something that we're hoping to get a lot of money from just yet. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're just having fun with it. Mm-hmm. That's not awesome. too focused, I guess, on like growth right now. But mm-hmm. yeah, for the future. What about you, Annalise? <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So a side hustle for me, I guess, like inspired by you, Chloe, is I guess real estate or like. Um, I, I guess it's not really much of a side house. It's more of like a way to save money, but eventually when I have my own place, I'm, I really like the idea of like interior design or like building my own mm. furniture or something, Ooh. or like making my own like minor renovations. Obviously uh-huh. the big things like plumbing, electrical, I will hire someone professional. I don't trust myself at all, <laughs> but like, you know, building little nooks or something like that. I feel like that that's a fun, um, side project that I could save a lot of money from by not hiring like a contractor or going out and customizing certain things that I could make myself. For, For sure. sure. And then if you do a great job, then you can turn it into a side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start with myself first and then hopefully branch out once I know that I can do some things. <laughs> and then you could become a full-time interior designer. Yeah. Find yeah. <laughs> me on HGTV. <laughs> so I think you mentioned this a bit earlier in you know, how you got into Start Hustles was really your, with your dad. He started a tutoring business. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, were there any other factors in your life that really inspired you to get into like these, you know, different entrepreneur, entrepreneurial paths? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I did start with tutoring when I had my first client th- through my dad. But I think my passion for side hustles really grew when I started college and I realized how expensive college mm-hmm. was. And mm-hmm. um, I had a little bit of need-based financial aid, but other than that, I was going to have to pay for it myself. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't want to take out loans. College is expensive. So I decided mm-hmm. to do a lot of like 
random side gigs that I found on like Craigslist gigs and then also on like different mm-hmm. Facebook pages through college mm-hmm. uh college platforms and so I think one of the big monumental ones that I did was I took the uh, bird flu vaccine so I was oh, like a tri- I was a trial run for the bird flu vaccine actually so I, oh. I don't do anything that's like gets vaccination stuff anymore just because I'm a little bit more wary now but back then mm-hmm. I was like ooh, they're paying me $200 per time wow. I get jabbed by a bird flu vaccine so I might as well do it right? <laughs> that's a lot of money <laughs> yeah it is a lot of money especially for a college student and then yeah. like you're like thinking mm-hmm. tuition and groceries and things like that so mm-hmm. um I did that and then also like people always look for representatives on campus for different brands to like mm-hmm. uh promote mm-hmm. so like if you see like Lyft or Uber representatives like a long time ago or if you see like just drink representatives like Coca-Cola or Edwalla Mm -hmm. or something those are all like usually college students who um, are getting hired by the brands and they get paid decent amount like you get a contracted amount like I got paid maybe like $300 a month just to like give out free items to student Mm -hmm. clubs on campus and student clubs love it they love free items right so yeah yeah and they use that to promote their own events too so it, it was a great time I had a lot of fun doing it and then sometimes I would like bring on my friends to also do them with me and they would get paid as well so yeah I mean I think college and just the overwhelming amount of money that I felt like I had to pay for tuition that kind of started the fire in me to start a lot a lot of side hustles it's not even just with tuition it's like textbooks are so expensive for yeah. no reason at all they are they really are yeah, I was like flipping textbooks too to make a little bit of income. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Back in your Craigslist days, did you have any like really random story that you wanted to share of like just an experience that <laughs> might have been shocking or surprising? Um, I think honestly for my Craigslist days, like hair modeling was probably my most oh, fun hair modeling. Yeah, so like I don't consider myself model material at all. I don't know how to pose. I don't know how to walk or anything like that. But um, I went to this hair modeling like audition and then mm-hmm. all they do is they just like look at your hair, they touch your hair and they're just like, ooh, your hair like seems pretty nice. Like I want to oh. do stuff to it. And they want to like <laughs> dye it. <laughs> they want to like dye it pink or like cut oh, it off oh. or like do things. So I got a hair modeling gig and then it's all day. So it's like mm-hmm. eight hours, nine hours. And then they feed you, they do your hair, they do your makeup and you put on like, really nice outfits go down a runway and I don't think they knew that I couldn't walk because <laughs> so they were like they told me to walk down the runway and or like do a practice run and I was like walking and they were like uh and they were like giving me pointers on how to like strut and I was like oh thank you all right yeah <laughs> so um I did that and that paid $400 for the full day so wow. it was really cool because like I mean I don't have any experience modeling I got some cool pictures out of it and then oh. also they did my hair like albeit it was pink and like <laughs> <laughs> maybe some people wouldn't be okay with that, but I'm I'm okay with like exotic colors. So it was a little bit pink mm-hmm. and they cut bangs, cut it a little bit shorter. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it was wow. a lot of fun. And I got to meet like actual legit other models from different agencies. And I was like, I'm just here off of Craigslist. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. That's like a yeah. big commitment too. Cause yeah. they're, they're, like you got bangs. Mm-hmm. Like what if you went and you didn't want bangs? <laughs> oh, they do ask you like what you're okay oh, with. So they were like, okay. oh, would you be okay with a fringe or like a uh, side sweat bangs or something? And then I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Why not? Something different. Oh, wow. They're paying you to get a haircut. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I feel like it's more yeah. than $400 value. That's yeah, like no, it was really <laughs> fun, especially if you like wow. you're okay with the coloring too. Because uh-huh. I mean, they're professional hairstylists, so yeah, um, they yeah. gave me like pink on like the bottom half of my hair, and it was really cool for a little bit. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. That's awesome. Um, was there any 
sort of like side hustle that you've done either in your early days or later on that was really rewarding or really challenging? Really rewarding or really challenging? Um, I guess I probably have to say I worked at a lot of different auctions for uh, children's like uh, children's hospitals and children organizations mm-hmm. and they were like raising money for um, just children in need I don't know what the exact yeah. mission was just because I was kind of like working there for like a day job but oh, there were a lot of auctions and there were a lot of rich people there so they would like spend tons oh, wow. of money yeah. on like different art pieces and different just like I don't know, spa packages and things like that. They would pay yeah. like thousands and thousands of dollars just for these because like it was going towards a good cause. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun to see all these like rich people gather together and just spend a lot of money for a good cause because honestly, you don't see that happen too often when people get like very rich, like they'll just like spend it on their own things like Lamborghinis yeah. <laughs> or vacations or something. So it was nice to see a lot of people, uh, yeah, just gathering together, getting dinner, like networking with each other and also like having a good time for a good cause. So that was a lot of fun. And I was just there as kind of like a runner and like helping people place bids and stuff like that. I guess we should have asked earlier on, but like, what is your definition of a side hustle? Because I guess a lot of the things that you're describing mm-hmm. are like one time mm-hmm. gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I guess when I thought of side hustles before this, mm-hmm. it was more like it's a side thing that you have ongoing that could last a couple of months, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I guess in your like, what is your definition of a side hustle? Uh, for me personally, well, since I have a nine to five full time right now, like mm-hmm. I think anything aside from that nine to five is considered a side hustle for me. Since I, mm-hmm. like, make an income that can support me and pay my rent and pay my bills. So I don't necessarily need the other income, but I just mm-hmm. do it because it's fun. And mm-hmm. um, I guess, yeah, gigs could be a slightly different category of a side hustle. But I guess mm-hmm. for me, I always just thought of them all as side hustles because they're not something that I want to do permanently. And mm-hmm. uh, they're something that I could, like, kind of bail out of any time that I want to because... Mm, um, that's true they're not yeah I don't have any commitment to them so like for example if I had like a 20 hours a week part-time job that like I'm kind of committed to like maybe like a barista job or something then I wouldn't consider that really a side hustle just because I have to go in at certain hours I have to oh I uh, see yeah do it at certain times oh that makes sense Mm -hmm. um on that note like which side hustle have you kept up with the longest uh definitely tutoring just because I that was the first one that I started and that's the Mm -hmm. one that like I think because my brain is still working okay like I can still I can still teach all the so I tutor primarily math like K through 12 math so anywhere from like Mm -hmm. elementary math to calculus but um Mm -hmm. like fortunately I still remember all my geometry and like my trig and my calculus so um I yeah I tutor that and then I've tutored that with like private clients I've tutored that with like agencies and stuff and um right now I'm actually trying to build up a website slash like business in SoCal so that my dad can move down because he actually has oh. a business in Seattle but it's a like oh, in no person way. so you can't oh. like bring bring your clients to SoCal right if he moves down right. so I want him to move down so hopefully I'm gonna try and build up like a tutoring clientele here oh that'd be so nice yeah it's great do you ever get scared like as a tutor that someone's gonna ask you a question you don't know how to answer it <laughs> I definitely have had that before but I'm honestly just transparent I'm like sorry like it's been a while so I like forgot this tiny concept and then mm. I'll like look it up really quick and then I remember it as soon as I look it up so okay yeah and they seemed okay with it I mean they're some of them are still my clients so yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah that's fair I because I tutored um back in college mm-hmm. like just at the tutoring center but I would always worry and especially with, like so I would tutor math 
and computer science mm-hmm. classes, but the CS classes, they're always so, especially the ones that were theory-based, it was always so, oh, like, for I have sure. no idea what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Completely feel, because I tutored CS a little bit, too, and I actually choose not to tutor that anymore, just because I feel no. like I'm stronger in math. So I, like, yeah, don't want yeah, to <laughs> deal with the, like, oh, I don't know this, sorry. Like, especially yeah. when they're asking me, like, leco type of questions like data structures mm. and i'm just like ooh, i might not know this one yeah. yeah you're like have you tried looking at the answer that they have on leak code i know exactly <laughs> right <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you have your full-time job and that is enough money to be able to support yourself mm-hmm. so when it comes to side hustles do you just like move that money into your savings do you use it in your everyday life like what do you do with it um mostly I use it to so like I just want to grow my income faster so that I can Mm. like just be kind of like free from financial burden quicker I guess like retire Mm -hmm. earlier I don't really know what my eventual goal is but um I usually do try to invest most of my money so Mm -hmm. um I'll have like a checking account that has like a little less than maybe 10k in it just sitting there just in case for random things and then Mm -hmm. I'll invest the rest of my money I know it's a little bit aggressive but um that's just what I try to do I just kind of throw it into the stock market or index funds or something like that so yeah, yeah. I heard that's the way to go like you yeah. want to save what like a certain x number of months worth of living yeah, or something to six. yeah in your checkings and then everything mm-hmm. else you want to invest yeah. which I didn't know about and I was like what I, think <laughs> I think the yeah. idea of like throwing it into the stock market is so intimidating i think it's a little scary for like certain people and like obviously when you first start it's like a very like big leak of faith that you have to go through but um mm-hmm. sure yeah that's what i choose to do and right now the stock market is not doing that great so i mean i lost a lot of money but it'll be okay <laughs> does that mean it's a good time to buy yeah i, I think so but <laughs> i'm not a financial advisor so i don't know yeah none of us are so please don't take any of our advice please yeah. do your own research yeah, but exactly and is that, I, now I'm just like curious, is that typically done through Robinhood or like Fidelity or what sort of investing are you doing? Uh, I have multiple platforms. So I do Robinhood, I do Webull, my IRA is in Vanguard, and then I also have SoFi and Public. So oh, wow, um, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I have all of them because... Uh, I don't know. I just get like targeted ads on Instagram for these different brokerages. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, get a free stock if you do this. Get a yeah. free stock if oh, you do that. Right. So yeah. I opened all of them. Some of them I've closed after I got the bonus, like Fidelity. I got a bonus and then closed it right away. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just like getting all these bonuses, I guess. Yeah. It's yeah. like credit cards. Yeah. I know. A so side hustle that. within itself. <laughs> Moving into like the next set of questions here. You mentioned you have a full time job. Um, you're also doing side hustles such as tutoring so how do you balance like work and then side hustle like a five to nine sort of life (laughs) uh it's definitely a challenge sometimes like I do get drained a little bit and uh uh, tired here and there but um yeah nine to five I'll focus on my job and um I'll use google calendars a lot like honestly everything Mm -hmm. that I do is just booked out over there so other than my nine Mm -hmm. to five stuff like tutoring if I'm tutoring from 6 to 7 30 I'll book that out there if I have a call mm-hmm. with like a client just for like a consultation I'll book that out for on like Saturday morning and I just make sure things don't overlap of course and also I block out time on the weekends for content creation so nice. I sometimes it doesn't work but I try to wake up a little bit earlier on Saturday and Sunday and then like for three or four hours I'll like uh 
work on my blog, work on um, just my Instagram and just like things like that. And I it's mostly just scheduling and just managing your time mm. and just sticking to your schedule. And I think like everyone can work on that. I can still work on that too. Sometimes I like get off track, but I try to stick to my schedule. For sure. How then do you balance um, like everything else that's going on in your life outside of work and outside of side hustle? Is it also just a lot of t- good time management and scheduling and all that? Um, sometimes I'll definitely like put aside my side hustles. Like for example, mm. I have a big wedding coming up in two weeks. Like my boyfriend's brother is getting married. So I've been okay. kind of busy. Yeah, kind of busy and like just like helping them out a little bit. Um, mm. So I haven't worked on my blog as much and then I haven't um, tutored as much because sometimes people come to me like just like last minute be like oh can you tutor me tomorrow because I have a test the next day or something like that so mm-hmm. um, yeah so sometimes I'll like sacrifice side hustle stuff it's not like my priority like personal commitments and like being healthy working out that kind of stuff is a priority for me so mm-hmm. but side hustles are great I mean I love it so yeah I mean, I guess what you, that's how you define side hustles earlier, right? It's like you're not fully dependent on it. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of flexibility, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of give and take. Like even with the podcast, it's like, okay, well, maybe we won't like meet this week or maybe we'll push this thing off. Just because like, I feel like there's a lot of glorification of side hustles. Mm -hmm. And when people are like, oh, you have a side hustle. I feel like there's this sort of general idea that you do work nine to five and then five to nine. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I saw your Instagram. I saw that you were out with this person. Like, I know that's not true unless you aren't sleeping. (laughs) Yeah. Your personal life is first and you got to put your health first for sure. Exactly. So kind of combining side hustle and I guess um, earning money and personal finances. There are a lot of apps out there right now. Like I think Fiverr is one of them. And what's another one? There's like a few. Like Like you mentioned, well, you mentioned Craig's. Upwork, mm-hmm. Craigslist yeah. gigs, you're saying as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, have you tried using those apps before? Uh, so I personally haven't used Upwork or Fiverr. I've used Craigslist gigs before because mm-hmm. that caters towards like specific locations. But mm-hmm. Upwork or Fiverr, I haven't just because um, I think those are more suited towards people who like want to do like specific things. Like a lot of it's like mm-hmm. like graphic design or maybe like helping Mm. like make Pinterest pins or something like that so I don't do those I actually like use Upwork and Fiverr to outsource a couple things so um (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um I wanted to sell t-shirts on Amazon so it's called Merch by Amazon and you can uh, upload your own designs and um kind of just like they'll make all the t-shirts for you they'll have the inventory they'll print it out and then they'll ship it for you whenever you get sales so um, oh, wow. I outsourced designs onto Fiverr just because I'm not good at graphic design, but I wanted to do wanted to sell some T-shirts. So I did that, and I feel like Upwork and Fiverr is good if you want to start building a portfolio and like get a little bit of income on the side. But mm-hmm. definitely for people in the U.S., it's a little bit harder just because there's a lot of like international people who will work for a way cheaper wage than you so yeah yeah, you can earn like maybe three dollars an hour sometimes like because people in other countries are willing to work for three dollars an hour and they could do the same work than you can but obviously Mm -hmm. in the U.S. like three dollars an hour is not a living wage and you probably might not want to work for that so it's good to get a little bit of residual income when you're building up a portfolio but personally I don't think it's very great for us people (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah just because the pay isn't that good i think it definitely depends too like at my work we use upwork all the time and i'm like in constant communication with the freelancers and i feel like if the people market themselves as being 
American or like speaking English really well, then they have a really high tendency of getting hired. Like you can see the amount of money people make on Upwork and it's actually crazy. Like if you Mm. have, if you're really talented, you can make bank. (laughs) Um, And it's also like really good. I know a lot of our freelancers appreciate it because there's a lot of flexibility when it comes to freelancing. Mm -hmm. But of course, then that's like lack of stability. Um, I think you definitely have to build up a reputation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's like the hardest thing for sure. Yeah. Um, Oh, something I wanted to ask though was you said that you made t-shirts and you Mm -hmm. were selling them on Amazon. Would you Mm -hmm. mind sharing like what the t-shirts look like or? Uh, So one of them was, so back in the day when this like hand heart started becoming a thing oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so I made one or not me not I made but the fiber contractor that I hired uh they made one that looks like that and it has like a little heart on top and then Mm -hmm. um another one was like I when I started getting into roller skating um like it it was of a girl falling on roller skates because I was like this is very iconic (laughs) of me right now so um I started marketing that to like a couple of roller skating uh Facebook groups yeah so it's pretty cool. Anyone can get into Merch by Amazon uh, mm-hmm. if, like, anyone who's listening to this podcast is interested. But you just apply mm-hmm. and then say, like, why you should be qualified. And you could just say, like, oh, I'm good at outsourcing to Fiverr or I'm good at making designs myself or something. And then just mm-hmm. sell yourself. And then it uh, takes you a couple weeks maybe to get approved. And you can start uploading designs. And Amazon does all the fulfillment for you. Mm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Redbubble, but is that, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, more it's or less like that. the same? Yeah. Okay. I've oh, heard okay. of that one. So that was because like you were interested in having some sort of like shirt like that yourself and then you're like, hey, might as well sell it or was it kind of the other way around? Uh, I did. I just thought that there might be a market for those designs just Mm because like I was interested in those areas. I'm like, maybe someone else will be interested in a falling roller skater girl. (laughs) Fitting of them too. Who knows? But yeah, that's why I made them. That's awesome. I feel like every time we ask a question, we just hear of like a different way that you made money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like always impressed. I have like all these ways that I had never thought about making like passive income or something. Yeah. There's a t- especially for selling stuff like that, since you don't have to like print it yourself, don't have to ship it yourself. It's really passive income if you start doing it. Right. So which one of your side hustles has been the most successful then outside of tutoring? Uh, outside of tutoring... By successful, do you mean made the most money or like I'm the most proud of or? Either way. I say answer both. Yeah, yeah, both. (laughs) Yeah. That works. I guess made the most money. So I always like categorize side hustles into active side hustles and passive side hustles. Mm -hmm. So what I like just off a tangent of your question, what I categorize those as are active is like when you're working for like an hourly wage. Like Mm -hmm. you'll get paid $30 Mm -hmm. an hour or $15 an Mm -hmm. hour or like $50 an hour for whatever thing you're doing and passive is more like when you're trying to build up something that'll like pay you even when you're sleeping or pay you even uh, Mm -hmm. when you're like not actively working on the product so um, my proudest one is probably my blog just because it's Mm -hmm. like I do actively put in work into it but it's more of like Mm -hmm. a passive stream of income just because I get ad Mm -hmm. revenue I get affiliate income Mm -hmm. and then um, just uh, sponsored posts I haven't gotten any yet but I'm working on that and um, Mm -hmm. just that kind of stuff and it's more passive just because whenever someone visits my blog, whether it's 3 a.m., 5 a.m., I'll get a little bit of income because of the ads. That's true. Yeah. Mm. And then uh, probably my most successful one would, besides tutoring, would honestly have to be 
I guess like pay rate wise, it's probably the hair modeling one that I mentioned yeah. before. Just because like yeah. I feel like I'm getting a lot out of it. Like I'm getting the haircut, mm-hmm. which probably costs like a hundred dollars, and also the hair. Yeah, dye. I was gonna say like and the hair dye and the cut alone yeah, is probably four hundred, exactly. five hundred. But and that's how much hair. they're paying you. Yeah, and those are people that like flew out from like Italy and stuff. Like just oh like, my god. So <laughs> wow. like I was just like I think it's like for the experience, for the money that I get, and for what I actually get for my hair, it was like the best like. Wow. Yeah. Best side hustle for sure. It was a lot of fun. So as Annalise mentioned a bit earlier, and just looking at your Instagram, there is some personal finance content on there along with side hustle content. Um, and you mentioned that when you do have the side hustle money, you typically invest it in the market. But I just kind of wanted to get a better understanding of like what you prioritize. Does that mean that you're putting it into like a Roth right away? Are you putting it into like individual stocks? Like, Can you just explain more what that looks like? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think the biggest thing to uh, prioritize is your Roth. So if you have like an mm-hmm. income of under 140000 then you could contribute to a Roth IRA. Or if you have over 140, then you could do a backdoor Roth IRA. But um, I think that's the most important one just because it's tax advantage. So it mm-hmm. grows and grows. And when you withdraw it at retirement, you don't have to pay any taxes on your whatever you withdraw. So like if your $1,000 grew to like a million dollars, you have to you don't have to pay taxes on that difference, which is amazing for retirement. And that's like the single biggest way that people can plan for retirement. And um, of course, there's a lot of different ways too, but I think that's the most important. And for my Roth, I prefer to put it in index funds just because I think it's the Mm. most stable and um, it's Mm. like you don't have to bank on like, let's say like PayPal or like Netflix or something doing well in order for you to retire, right? Like it's an index funds and uh, those will get updated every once in a while. And it's just uh, basically index funds are like a variety of different companies, a little bit of everything. So um, no, there's no way that all those companies will fail. So you will always, <laughs> you'll always have money in your Roth IRA. And also like index funds, if you like track like the S&P or like the Dow Jones, and they all have like a tendency of like growing like average of 10 to 12% per year. So mm-hmm. no matter what, like even if you maybe have a down year of 20%, as long as you hold for the long run, um, you'll have 10 to 12% growth per year. So it's pretty great. And I think that's, a big thing that especially young adults should prioritize is maxing out their Roth every year and it's 6,000. For sure. That's great advice. I know we touched on this in like a few different episodes. So I'm glad to hear that you're just echoing what we've said in the past. <laughs> yeah, of course. So you mentioned in the very beginning that you're interested in investing in real estate first, your own property, and then diving into investing in properties outside of California. Mm-hmm. So in like the ideal world, do you imagine yourself being like a house flipper if things turn out to be pretty successful? Um, I don't know if I could ever see myself as a house flipper just because I think that's a lot based off of like timing and just kind of mm-hmm. like you have to put a lot of that's effort true. into like trying to sell your product really quickly because that's how you're making money, right? So I don't want to be stressed out with like, oh, I bought it like a month ago. I'm paying a mortgage on it. I need to flip it like now. Like, oh, it's been six months. Like I haven't flipped it yet. I'm just losing money every month basically. But um, I don't want to worry about that too much. So I think for me, I personally want to do just long-term rentals and have tenants that are screened Mm -hmm. and um, just living in there everywhere and just paying me rent uh, after Mm -hmm. I own the properties. And I think Uh, everyone has different like risk tolerances so I think that's my risk tolerance like Mm -hmm. I think people who want to do like a 
uh, fixer upper, like buy like the completely rundown houses and fix them up and then flip them. Yeah. They're they have a way higher risk tolerance than I do. So I definitely admire people who do that. But um, since I want to keep the whole real estate thing as a side hustle, I would prefer to just do the long term rentals instead. Since I don't mm. want to put like all my energy into trying to flip a house. Yeah, that makes sense. I've yeah. seen like house flipping. It's it's intense. Yeah, it's like very fast and very stressful and a lot of it depends on like the location and like the mm-hmm. house like what if you open it up and you realize that there's more work that needs to be done mm-hmm. then you're like over budget sure. and there's just a lot m- more planning involved or like you were saying a lot more risk yeah mm-hmm. i know some people they flip like hundreds of houses per year of course they have like people to help them and they hire other yeah. people but it's crazy i don't know how they do it i'm sure if yeah. i look more into it it'd be a little more like i would understand a little better but i don't know mm-hmm. if i could take on the stress yeah. Kimmy, would, is that something that you would do, do you think? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Seems way too stressful. I'm also, like, not... Like, yeah, I like doing things with my hands, but not to that extent. Like, if someone else can... Even, like, when it comes to building furniture, if someone else can put it together for me, that's fine. <laughs> I love building furniture. I thought about, like, TaskRabbit, because that's what building furniture is, right? Yeah. Like, or, or, like, should. I think there's... Yeah, but then I have to, like, go. I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing it, but I'm also lazy at the same time, which is, like, opposite of each other. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, like, going to someone's place and then building it for them. Like, I'd rather build it for myself for my friends, you know? Yeah. Maybe I should get my friends to pay me. Just kidding. <laughs> Your task rabbit, right? Yeah. <laughs> have you used task rabbit at all, Chloe? Or, like, I if have you not. Why haven't you? Um, I have heard of it, and... I just haven't looked into it, honestly. So mm-hmm. that's probably why. I've heard of, I've worked on MTurk before. Have you guys heard of that one? Amazon. No, what's that? Uh, yeah, I think it's from Amazon, but you do like tiny tasks for like cents. And I did it like, oh. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Like you get paid literally nothing. But I think at some point in college, I was like literally doing any side hustle I could. So I did MTurk mm. before. I got paid maybe like $2 an hour for like, all the tiny little things tiny little tasks that i did and i deemed that it wasn't worth it and i just stopped right there and there (laughs) wow yeah it's two dollars an hour i will say you mentioned this a couple times but i have heard that like psych studies or like clinical studies they pay a lot of money Mm -hmm. clinical studies pay a ton i don't do clinical studies anymore but research studies they actually pay a ton so Mm. what you do with those is you take screener surveys so like for me, I know that I'll qualify for a lot of like personal finance, like credit card related uh, studies. So mm-hmm. I'll apply for all of those. They'll be like, oh, what credit cards do you have? How long have you had these stuff like that? And then if they think you're a good fit and within the right demographic, they'll give mm-hmm. you a call and then um, they'll schedule you. So usually it'll be like an hour, hour and a half or something like that. It might be a group study. It might be like an individual study. But mm-hmm. literally you just sign on to a Zoom call. Uh, they show you some products and ask for your opinions and They'll just ask you a ton of questions, and after you're done with that call, they'll pay you, like, $100 for the hour or maybe, like, 100, wow. 120 for, like, the hour and a mm-hmm. half or something. It pays really well. But you just have to be proactive about filling out the screener surveys, which is a uh, thing. Mm. Yeah. On the note of, like, getting income from so many different places, I'm not very knowledgeable in, like, taxes, and it, tax season is coming up. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do you file for taxes for all your um, different sources of income? Um... <laughs> or is there like a is there a, a limit for like what you have to re- report or uh so you don't have to report uh don't take this like 100 percent 
word for word, but you don't have to report if it's under 600 that you make from any specific side hustle because for the whole year uh so like if i made under 600 from tutoring then i don't necessarily have to report it because like the person that hired me would not necessarily give you give me a 1099 because they're only required mm. to send you a 1099 yeah, okay. if you make over 600 and i think I uh venmo and like cash app and all those places they made that change this year as well because people found a loophole to like get cash and not pay taxes oh, on them so yeah. uh, if you have like a business venmo account if anyone pays you more than 600 then they'll send you a 1099 as well and you'll have to pay taxes mm. but mm-hmm. i think from all my different side hustles right now, um, I still take the standard deduction. So there's standard deduction or itemized deductions that you can do. And for me, standard deduction still ends up being more than the itemized mm-hmm. deductions. But I think once mm-hmm. I file my blog as an LLC, I'll be able to like write off like, and mm-hmm. like I've heard that you could write off like makeup, you could uh, write off food, you write off like tons of things, like anything related to content creation, you could just write it off. And like you could write off your rent as well if, if um, oh. you're using your rent as a content creation space and there's a lot of things you can do so wow yeah and if you're writing off meals actually you can uh it's 100 percent deductible until the end of 2023 so it's pretty cool yeah a lot, lots of different things you can do wow how did you get into like personal finance and like knowing all of these little like is it, is it just like something that you're really, really passionate about so you take the time to read or research um, outside of work and outside of everything like is it something that you you just like read a lot of articles or like listen to podcasts watch a lot of videos on like how do you how are you so yeah how does one become <laughs> so well versed and have a lot of what is it called fi- financial education mm-hmm. I think honestly I was just very passionate about it because like my parents actually didn't really invest or like use credit cards at all because they're like oh mm-hmm. only spend like kind of Asian immigrant mindset like only spend money that you mm-hmm. have so they're therefore only mm-hmm. use cash or debit and also mm-hmm. like I think they invested in the stock market in like oh six or like I don't know sometime like before mm-hmm. a big oh, crash no. and then yeah, yeah and then they also bought like a condo in oh six and then they sold oh, it God. like in 2010 oh, 2011 oh, or something okay. so they lost money on it so after that they're like we're not investing no 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 <laughs> like so mm. that was when I was really young, so I didn't even understand mm-hmm. what was happening. But um, right. yeah, I think I was just really passionate about it. It's just something that I really enjoy doing. And I think everyone should be uh, like trying to get more financially literate because you should mm-hmm. make your money work mm-hmm. for you, right? So um, mm-hmm. yeah. How do your parents feel now um, with you investing so much? Like, are they still kind of a little bit hesitant about the stock market and about investing or are they? Oh, no, they definitely of... invest a lot more now because oh, I, okay. I, I, I teach them a little bit here and there. And then they also re- uh, watch their own like YouTube videos now. And like, God, yeah, God. but I think it only started after like I went to college or like maybe even after I graduated college that they started investing pretty heavily because mm. that's when they got to a position where they're like, oh, it's OK. We have some leftover income. We can try doing this again. Mm. Yeah, I see. So speaking about these like different clinical research trials that you've been a part of, how did you find out about these and like the credit cards ones? And how did you find out just about all these other different opportunities? Um, I'm subscribed to a lot of different emails. So like, for example, like research studies, like I'm subscribed to like Accelerant Research. That's one that I use, like LNE Research. And they like send out emails whenever they're looking for people to like do Mm. research studies for. So like if they want someone who like, eat cereal every day or something they'll like send out yeah. an email be like we'll pay you a hundred dollars for an hour take out the screener survey or something so I have a lot of those and then um I've 
like for a lot of side gigs that I do, like one day jobs, mm-hmm. two day jobs. Um, if you look up brand ambassadors of like a certain city, so let's say you live in Los Angeles, then brand ambassador of, of Los Angeles um, as a Facebook group, then um, each big city actually has their own group. And oh, wow. these brand ambassadors are people who like represent brands at like one day events, mm-hmm. two day events. And you could actually go to conventions for free with it. So I went to this uh, PAX West convention. It's like oh. a video game convention. I don't know if you guys know it. but uh, Yeah, PAX is like big. Yeah. So I got to go there for free because um, I worked for Xbox <laughs> for four hours a day. So I got paid $25 to work for Xbox for four hours for that period of time and then after that you get to just go around the convention so it's pretty cool you get paid and and you get to go for free so um so if you just go on the brand ambassadors page a lot of times they're hiring for conventions and those are the easiest to get Mm. in for because they're hiring a ton of people for conventions but they also hire for like smaller events and like auctions and like um things like that okay what did you do with xbox like were you just promoting a game or just uh they had a huge boost so there were probably like maybe 40 brand ambassadors that they hired and I was mm. one of them, but I just, uh, I forgot what game it was, to be honest, but I just helped <laughs> I, people play the game. So there would be like 10 minute trial runs for a certain game. And oh, then people would just be standing in line. And then I would give them the controller, be like, this is how you basically play. And then they would play it. Yeah. It was really fun because oh. I, I like video games too. So Yeah. 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 Wow. That's huh. awesome. Can't believe I'm it's fired. the end of the episode and you're still pulling out like <laughs> yeah, like all these little tricks. Yeah. And I'm like so shocked. <laughs> That's wow. great. Um, and then what advice do you have for people who want to start a side hustle but feel like they don't have the time or they can't find the inspiration? Uh, I think it's important to know that there's like a side hustle out there for everyone. So like let's say you're into just fashion, but you don't know, then you could thrift clothes from the thrift store and then flip them on Poshmark or mm-hmm. like offer up or something. If you're into mm-hmm. plants, like I'm into plants these days too. So I've actually been propagating plants and selling them. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Uh, you could just like cut off cuttings and then propagate them, sell them on offer up or Facebook marketplace. Mm-hmm. If you're into like, if you just want to watch TV at home, you could um, also caption different TV shows. Of course, like it would kind of maybe ruin the TV show experience <laughs> for you. But um, yeah, you could uh caption different tv shows online too so there's like a side hustle out for everyone and um Mm -hmm. i think it's just kind of important to know like what your passions are and um after you find your passion just look Mm -hmm. up on google side hustle for this and then you'll probably find something that fits your alley wow that's amazing that reminded me of a tiktok i saw where like I mean, I know that you can, like, do dog walking and stuff, like, through Rover, mm-hmm. but also, like, you can go over to people's houses and, like, watch their cats while they're gone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, pay me $20 an hour to do that. Like, <laughs> just stare at a cat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, thank That's you so awesome. much for coming on and, like, sharing all your advice and your wisdom and all these little... Like, <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Thank <laughs> no, you so much for having me. No, this has been so amazing. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you and your blog? Yeah, for sure. Um, you can find me at offerhustle.com. That's where I talk about a ton of different side hustles, like every single side hustle you can think about. Also, a lot mm-hmm. of personal finance tips. And um, also, mm-hmm. my Instagram is offerhustle. And I just started a TikTok as well. That's offerhustle. But um, mm-hmm. I'll be starting a YouTube channel next month. So oh, no way. For that. <laughs> okay. But yeah. Nice. And just so our, our listeners know, it's off hour, like minute, hour, second. Yes. Not like off hour. hour like, us. Yes. yes. Off hour, like. <laughs> you're not working anymore like you're on yes. off hours yes yes we'll add those to the description but thank you again so much chloe for joining us thank you to our listeners you can follow us at adulthood penning podcast on instagram 
or you can check out our website at delhapending.com. Join us every other Monday for new episodes. We can't wait to share our stories and are excited you're with us on our adulthood journey. Thanks. Thanks, boys. This was so much fun. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.